because that's going to do that. Hey there, folks. We're back. We're back. It's the Uticast episode 201. Uh, and this week we are joined once again by GFOPs from the Uptown Theater uh, for the Creative Arts Devin and Brianna Mahoney, they're back. Uh, we're having a great discussion about all the exciting stuff that's been going on there, stand-up comedy, uh, improv, all the exciting uh, connected work they're bringing, doing in the next few months with outside sources they're bringing in. Really, really exciting time with really, really cool stuff, that uh, program that they are doing and that we support here at the podcast. Blah, stumbling over my words. All I can think about is the Avengers. Uh, also this week, we're going to talk about Elizabeth Warren getting rid of college debt, uh, murderous birds, the end of Netflix, history lessons, uh, all of this, and so much more, folks. We are happy, as always, to have you here. Oh, yes. We're back, folks. We're back. Back to reality. Bam! There goes gravity. It's the Uticast. Episode <laughs> 201. 201. No. Yeah, the long, the long, slow road to episode 300 begins here. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I'm like, oh. I know, right? Long way to go. No, uh, this is always what happens, or at least this is what's happened the last four years, uh, or last couple of times we've come across this, episode 100, episode 200. Mm-hmm. It's not really an anniversary, it's just a round number. Mm-hmm. The real, like, four-year anniversary of the show is another seven episodes from now, so I don't, again, I don't think we'll do anything special for that besides talk about it during the history session. Oh, so exciting. <laughs> Very exciting. Uh, as you can see, Heather is here. Uh, you're back. here, or you can hear You're here early today. I did, I showed up early. You were stressed out. I need to get away from my kid. <laughs> Do you want to share why? It's no, an interesting story. No, he's annoying right now. <laughs> that's no, that's fair because he really is. I love him, but he's very he's getting he's, annoying. You, is it the development of personality? Yeah. Is it just too much of it for you? Yeah, he just suddenly spontaneously changed into a new child. A new, t- <laughs> like, very talkative, very uh, active. Very, I don't, I'm not used to this kid. It takes, it takes a minute to get <laughs> Who used to. Who are you? <laughs> that, was, that was the hardest thing. learning from all the bad kids. Oh yeah, I know. It's true. He's taking out all their personalities. He is. That's what they say about people. You take on the character traits of the five people you spend the most time with. So it's you and Zach, and then whoever three of the crummiest kids at daycare are, he's taking on all those personalities. You're outnumbered now by three other kids somewhere else. I hate all three of them. So wait till he's a teen. I don't even want to think about it right now. I just want to, I left. No, I'm leaving. You'll like it when he's a teen because then he won't want to talk to you anymore. But then you'll want him to talk I to you. I probably will. Yeah, probably I'll like <laughs> be really sad. Uh, how's everything else at work? Are you enjoying Good, yourself still? I love it. Back on the grind? I love it. Especially now that your child just wants to talk to you all the time. Yeah, like, You're like, I gotta, I gotta go to work. You've gotta leave. I work. I have a job. <laughs> I'm like a real human now. Uh, I had uh, I had a very rough uh, weekend. I had to work a three-day seminar this weekend, um, which is why I'm getting the feeling that this show will be, as I always feel, a little underdeveloped this week. But that's okay. Every week. Every, week. every single week. No, no. You got a little bit of a weird episode yeah. this week, kind of a short, little different. <laughs> I don't have... I don't every have week. Much, I don't have much written down here on my I paper. I feel like... I have stories here, but I don't personally feel great about any of my takes on anything this week. I'm like, I don't even know how I feel about any of these things on here. Record these. 
Yeah, exactly. I might as well record all of it and give it out to free for everyone who wants to listen to it. Um, so, oh, Heather, I got a story for you. Uh, Kevin and I have been wondering why in our apartment for the last couple months we've been noticing these smells, these weird smells coming Every up. Every once to... in a while, a weird a weird smell would pop up. Yeah. Just out of nowhere, through the mm-hmm. vent. Seems like we have a little bit of a sewage backup problem in the basement. I never noticed the smell. It doesn't until it do- like today. It today doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, today it popped today up a while some, ago. It could yeah. smell something when I came in. Yeah, yeah. We think there's a sewage backup in the basement. I've just figured out what it is Nancy. after it's made itself. Now that it's made itself abundantly clear what it is, I figured out what it was. Uh, I don't know how to handle this. Have you ever dealt with a sewage backup situation I before? Never. Kevin. Help me out. What do we do for this? We call, call the, the landlord. Well, I already called the landlord. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's the you don't do anything. Problem. They take care and of you it. And you tell her, I'll tell you, you what, it's close to the end of the month. You're not getting a penny <laughs> until you fix this problem. You can save that. <laughs> this money. is what happened. This is the nice thing about being a tenant. You'd be like, look, you got to do something ASAP yeah. if you want that money. Because if we owned our house, we'd have to pay for it in cost of Yeah, 100%. She did try to pass off, do you want to call for me? And I was like, no. No. I think you want to call. Yeah, do you want to let me keep my rent this month? <laughs> I'll call for you then. How about that? Fair point. So hopefully uh, the sewage smell will be gone sooner than later. They're coming in tomorrow. Uh, But yeah, so I had to work a three-day seminar this weekend. I worked, let's say, 16 hours two days in a row and then eight hours the next day. So I am a bit loopy and punch drunk. So uh, at some point in time, we're thinking that after this podcast, the best idea is to go sit down for three hours and two minutes and watch the new Avengers movie, which has taken over the world. Kevin, are you excited for the new Avengers movie that we'll potentially see after recording tonight, uh, sure. Yeah, it'll be. It's <laughs> yeah. gonna be nice. It's gonna be a good time. It'll be good. Um, I'm having concerns about sitting in a dark theater starting at nine o'clock. Are they recl- Feeling a little oh, sleepy. Yeah. You know what I mean. Feeling yeah. a little like, oh boy, they might get you because I've heard it's very nice in there now. Yeah, reclining seats. I've heard they got the whole nine yards and everything. So we'll see. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. Everybody's so, everybody's doing it. Everybody in the culture is seeing it, watching it. So what you're saying is that we should cut this recording short right now and just go now and beat the nine o'clock showing, like uh, go way earlier. Yeah, whatever what you want to do. <laughs> I a lot your of world, time, Sam. <laughs> it's your, your show. World. We're cutting the show short. Today. No, <laughs> well, no, because a lot of times, like, I feel like I purposely like, try to avoid a big cultural thing that's happening right in the moment. I want to give it a week oh, or so. You love the Avengers. I do like the Avengers a lot. I'm a big fan of these Marvel movies. But we, I waited a couple weeks to go see Black Panther. I didn't go the opening week. This feels like the kind of thing where it's going to be spoiled for me if I don't see it within the next, like, 36 hours, yeah. right? And I and some people don't care about that kind of thing. I would like to... I, and I feel like I already know more about what's coming in this movie than I'd like to. So I'd really like to avoid uh, Twitter for the next couple hours and just get this out of the way. Uh, all right. So speaking of which, let's get into this week's... News stories. You guys ready? Um, I don't know if this affects either of you guys the way it may affect me, but have you guys heard about Senator Elizabeth Warren? She's running for president. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, she unveiled a student loan forgiveness proposal. Uh, yeah. She, cl- <laughs> she claims it will cancel up to $50,000 of debt for more than 42 million Americans. Uh, that's in addition to her uh, plan for free college tuition at two and four-year institutions. Uh the Democratic presidential candidate claims uh, this assist uh, this would assist more than 95% of Americans with student loans to pay off and eliminate all debt uh, of more than 75% of Americans, according to the university study for the proposal cited by her campaign. Heather, uh, as someone who wants that student loan yes. forgiveness, does this make you like Elizabeth Warren as a candidate more? 
No. No. Not just <laughs> doesn't put her over it's the edge. It's going to take a lot more than that. No, yeah. Not, I mean, I like her, but I'm just saying that's not going to be the winning deciding vote for me. Okay. I was just curious. I, I actually... I don't know if I like her as much. I still, as a registered Democrat, have not decided which of these Democratic candidates I, I totally like yet. And maybe it's just because I haven't sat down to dug in. But this is like, I tend to like a lot of the stuff I hear whenever I hear Elizabeth Warren say stuff. I don't know if that's just me or if I'm crazy. But uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts about uh, college loan forgiveness? Uh, yeah, it's a great idea. I mean, it's one of the best things we could do for our economy and for the future of the country. Um, no question. Do you know what the most garbage take I've seen about this is? Oh, please. I, I have a garbage take, too, so maybe it'll be the same. Oh, you have a garbage take? I have a, a horrible take I've seen about this. but if it's... Oh, that you've seen? I thought that was your... No, the no, take no, no. that I've seen yeah, yeah. is people saying that Elizabeth Warren doing student loan forgiveness would be a slap in the face to people that <laughs> yes. have already paid off their loans. And, like, I mean, besides the fact that's, like, a selfish, awful, horrible, like, gross yeah. thing to say, um, and that's like saying getting a cure for cancer would be a slap in the face to all the people that have already died of cancer. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, really, like, that's what we're, yeah. well, I had to pay off my loans, so everybody else should be screwed. Like, do you know how much money would be juiced into the economy if people weren't paying yeah. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a month? On student loans, you know how many people would be buying houses, would be starting businesses, yeah. would be spending money, would be going places. Oh. It's the quickest jumpstart we could put into the economy and into the you know forty and under subset that there is. There's nothing we could do that would be so effective. But uh, you will see the "fu I got mine" people all over the internet. A lot of garbage yeah. takes on Facebook because Facebook <laughs> is a sewer where garbage goes. Uh, got that all out in one breath. That was very. That was no, very impressive. That was great. That was ex- exactly the same take. That's how the brain I, works, kids. It's just it, it just all kept flows. going. I'm like, is he gonna stop? No, stop. Uh, Start stopping me because I'm about to just run no rickshaw all over everybody. Uh, no, I, I'm gonna say less. I'm not. I'm done for this segment. <laughs> I like. I'm out. I'm sorry, Heather. No, I love. I'm sorry, Heather. I'm done. This is uh, indeed the same I take. Shine. The same garbage take that I've seen on the internet as well. Uh, and I saw somebody respond on Twitter really well to it, and they're like. Uh, what am I supposed to say about, you know, how am I supposed to feel about, you know, the fact that I paid off my student loans? And the response was like, I don't know, fortunate Congra- that you were in a position to be able. Yeah, congratulations. Like- <laughs> that you found yourself in a position to be able to pay off your student loans. Like, awesome. <laughs> you're in the minority of people who, who have been able to. So, yeah. Or congratulations wow. some of your parents have paid off and your the, student and loans. The type of, the type wow, of person, the type of person who says that and has that take would be the same type of person who well, life's not fair, right? Those are the same people. And then I realize what kind of hypocrites they are. But like, yeah, buddy, life's not fair. You paid yours off. Other people didn't. You missed out. Life's not fair. Life's tough. Get a helmet. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's, let's Trash move. takes. Fight me on Twitter if you disagree because you're wrong. Somebody wants to fight today. Embarrassing let's, in front of your uh, timeline. Let's move on to uh, our next topic this week. Uh, there was an article in on Vox.com uh, this week about the subculture known as incels. Oh, Heather. this is what you're doing? Yeah. No, I'm just... Heather, I'm curious if, if you ever heard of what an incel is. Or an involuntary celibate. Is that what the shortened... I believe that's the shortened term. Explain. Uh, incels are members of an online subculture who define themselves as unable to find a romance or sexual partner despite desiring one, a state that's described as inceldom. Uh, self-described incels are, uh, incels are largely male and are almost exclusively male heterosexuals. It is a portmanteau of involuntary celibates. Uh, I'm just, and I don't, I'm just surprised we've never talked about this really on the podcast before. Maybe we have, um... But it's interesting to see, like, the idea of the incel, like, uh, online troll group becoming, like, a mainstream topic of discussion on, like, multiple websites over the last few weeks. And I'm just curious how in the mainstream it had become. 
or like this idea or this weird subculture. I don't know, Heather, you ever heard of this before just no, now? No, I think it's, I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> I can't believe I'm hearing it. <laughs> well, the Vox article sort of talked about how initially the idea of this, like, in its earliest heyday was sort of a support group for like men who didn't feel comfortable talking to women and much like anything else that is grows exclusively on the internet it grew sort of evil and bastardized and taken over and much more extreme as time went on uh i don't mean to like you know make i don't mean to make excuses for terrible things people say on the internet some of the stuff if you go look at incel stuff on the internet is terrible horrible misogynistic bullshit um but I thought it was interesting that like the this mainstream website was writing an article sort of like not softballing it, but sort of explaining away incel culture. Kev, what are your thoughts explaining on Explaining away? Yeah, what no, do you mean you say to, that? Yeah. I mean, explaining ex- away not. makes it sound like they're making excuses for it. And I read that article too, and they're most certainly not. They were not, but I see it's at all. I wonder if like having like the article like out there sort of talking about the beginnings makes it sort of normalized. Are we normalizing it by bringing it out and talking about it not in this way? Remotely, we're understanding. No, okay. it. You have to right. understand. And, yeah. I mean, if you, if you want to come to understand and get people to learn about something and digest mm-hmm. about something, how can you do that without talking about it? Sure. You can't just be like you know the worst of the worst of these people have gotten extreme and they say awful stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's not talk about it and pretend it doesn't exist. That's right. not going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. I mean, that's. I just. I was I'm just curious. Read more on this. <laughs> <laughs> now you're gonna go dig into it's it. It's a whole. Now. It's a. Yeah, it's a whole thing on the internet. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really gross. So if you're in, if you look into it, like, be prepared to see some really horrible, terrible. Like, yeah, you'll gross. be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. But it's like you're just gonna shake your head a lot and just be like, Ugh, these people. It makes you feel bad about like the world around you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wonder if it isn't just something that's become more. Uh, relevant in the world of technology that sort of s- makes us feel even more separated than we were before, right? I think it's just part of... It's a big part... Uh, a big part of it is the large expansion of technology and how technology sort of, like, shelters this in on ourselves and sort of makes people broad and insular and or insular and makes them... I don't know. You say a lot of more things on the internet when you would never say to a person in their face, right? Mm. It opens up that sort of ability just, like, I can say something because no one's ever here to check me on it. And that, mm-hmm. that makes me uncomfortable, too. So That's why I have Twitter. <laughs> That's why you have Twitter. So I you can Twitter. go at people hard, and they can never see you face-to-face. They'll never know. <laughs> All right. Anything else from the incels before we move on to no. something a little bit lighter? Yeah. No, move on. <laughs> All right. You ready for something lighter? Do you guys know about the murder bird of Florida? Did you read about this? So far behind. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, there was a 75-year-old man this week. Uh... He was in. He's an old man of Florida who was killed by a cassowary. You know what a cassowary is? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin, for those folks who don't, can you explain what it is? A big old bird. It's a. It's a big giant. Oh yeah, it's like a little mohawk thing. <laughs> yes, and it's got like a big claw on its foot. Ah, it's, big old bird. It's a dinosaur. Is I what read it is. This. And yeah, the seventy-five-year-old man was keeping it uh, in a cage behind his house. For unspecific agricultural use? It's actually one of the most dangerous birds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did it get in the cage? I have so many questions. <laughs> and also, I think that... Did this guy... Des- you just guy deserved it, right? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, you're asking to get... Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you're asking for this a little bit. Uh, I do... <laughs> it does sort of make you... Uh, it is a scary animal. You look at it, though. It's like, why yeah. would you ever want to try and catch one and put it in a cage if you Florida, saw it? Because you're from Florida and you're sick. weird in Florida. <laughs> you Sorry. live in Florida, so you're mentally ill. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? Like, not to really... Hey, you brought up a brush, but, didn't but he like, Florida. did he trip and fall and it, like, just... I- 
kill them? I spiked him in the face. I just big... want to know. I want to know. You want? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, moving on. Uh, I like how you're like, let's go to something lighter. Here's a I murder. Know, so That's, I know. Well, that was, like that some was people are saying mean stuff on the internet, but we're going to get a little lighter yeah, than that. Like, oh, a 75-year-old man has been disemboweled in his yard. <laughs> that was the joke. But at least he wasn't being mean on the internet. I know. So. No, here's a... Here's a much lighter and much uh, more frivolous story. Because uh, murder bird does sound silly. It yeah. does. Murder <laughs> bird is a silly term. Oh, here comes the murder bird. <laughs> <laughs> that, that dang murder bird, here he comes. Uh, all right. Uh, earlier this week it was announced that uh, some of the biggest shows on Netflix, uh, which specifically The Office and Friends, are leaving uh, in 2021. That's the time it looks like NBC is going to pull back their licensing agreement on it. Uh, do you see this as the end of Netflix? A lot of people are saying it's going to be bad considering how much of their content uh, that covers. Guys, do you think it's going to matter one bit for Netflix that Office and Friends may eventually leave? Definitely. Definitely? think so? 100%. Uh, I will say my Netflix... With everybody else coming out with streaming services? Mm-hmm. My yeah. Netflix bill just did go up this month. Mm-hmm. went up they to twelve ninety nine. Yeah. They keep going mm-hmm. up. And uh, I wonder how much longer I'm going to be able to be like, an extra dollar? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Because I do feel like I've enjoyed a lot of the Netflix content I've watched recently, but I liked Netflix a lot better when there was a lot of movies and TV. Yeah, I liked Netflix <laughs> a lot better when Netflix was a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Like, there's the reality yeah, of it. Yeah. What would it take, if they if they get rid of Friends in Office, would that be enough for you to get rid of Netflix? I don't watch either. Not for me personally. Not, yeah. No, yeah. No, I, I mean, would still watch, because I like a lot of shows on there. Yeah. So... Um, it yeah, it wouldn't be enough for me to like pull the plug on it, but uh, it's probably a bad sign if they can't keep some of their biggest shows because the the original owners want them all back. And if they raise the price more, I don't want. I probably yeah. would cancel well, it. One of the, I mean, one of the things that Netflix has, to be fair, a lot of their original content is just the hottest garbage. But like, it's true. even with the stuff they <laughs> do have that's good, it is one thing that sets them apart from you know a lot of other things is. Even though everybody's kind of trying to put out original stuff, like most people's original stuff is somehow even worse. And um, so at least they have that going, you know, because if, right. if you go to get on Hulu, right, like Hulu is great because Hulu has just about every show there's ever been. Yeah. But true. those are all generally probably stuff you've seen before. Maybe you start a show you didn't, mm-hmm. you've never watched, you know, you start a new show or you know, say you never watched Mad Men, so now you watch mm-hmm. it on Hulu. But for the most part, Hulu's not coming out with new stuff for you to grow with and for you to learn about. Um, I think if Netflix doubled down on the right stuff for their original content, they could really get it going, but it seems like they're doubling down on the wrong stuff. But also, I don't have their metrics, and they don't release them, yeah. so nobody has them, so I, don't, I guess I don't know. I'm liking this uh, Our Planet series that they put on there. That's pretty good. Saw that one episode, yeah. Um, I it made us feel bad about the Earth, about what we're doing to the Earth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they really, they really rub your nose in it. They, they, they really rub your nose in it on this one. They remind you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's show you like these wonderful bird migrations. Like since we got done filming this, all these birds, birds are, are dead. Yeah, every <laughs> and that whole forest is gone. Yeah. Here's an orangutan trying to fist fight yeah. a bulldozer. Yeah, yeah. losing. Uh, yeah. Below you see these icebergs breaking and falling into the water at a rate that has never been seen in human evolutionary history. And we're all going to die. Here's a polar bear. It looks like a dead tree. Look at this. It's terrible. It's great. Like it's beautiful. Like the way it's filmed and the camera work and the animal mm-hmm. stuff is amazing. It's top level. But man, it's a downer. I know. I was watching it with cats, and yeah. I'm like, this is great. And I'm like, oh. I want. Cats better get a look at the polar bears now, buddy. Nope. Okay. All right. Very cool. Let's uh, let's go to this week's interview. Actually, that's uh, that's 
It's like another downer note to end on. Uh, so let's go to an upper note. We brought in our friends Devin and Brianna from the Uptown Theater. I know it wasn't a uh, a huge amount of time between the last time they were on. It's only been like four and a half But months. they're just doing so much. They have a ton of yeah. stuff that they're doing. And yeah. I always like talking to them. And we had a great... We still went 50 minutes. That's the way it is with them. They're becoming very rapidly chasing down Joe Marino and, and, and Tony Brindisi for most times in the podcast at a rapid rate. Uh, because we had a great time talking to them. I won't spend too much more time building them up because they can just do it themselves on their content. So let's get into our interview with Devin and Brianna from the Uptown uh, Theater for Creative Arts. And we'll be back in just a minute. It's nice having you guys right around the corner. That's been the biggest, my favorite thing about this is not only the, I'm not going to give your address out right now, but you guys live right around yeah. the block from us. You're like relatively walking distance from your from your place of business. Usually we do walk. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be a nice, it's got to be a nice come up for you guys. It, yeah. It's great. It, like, honestly, like the yeah. day, the day, like the first day I brought the kids to school, like in LA, like we would, I would yeah. have hard in the car. <laughs> and then like we lived three miles directly north of Oscar's kindergarten one mm-hmm. road you just drive down for three miles and you're there 45 minutes to an hour right and then milo is just up the hill oh yeah like one block and it's like another 45 minutes to get there and then and then you have to drive to work which is like enough so to like the first day i pulled out of my driveway on proctor yeah. and drove up to uh oneida to drop milo off at uh jcc yeah, yeah, just, like, yeah, yeah. got to the top of proctor took a right literally the first right it was like by the time i got my seatbelt on it was time to take it off again oh yeah i literally <laughs> laughed to myself like oh this is gonna be nice. and then then jones is just right there you it's know? i i work so i work over at the high school right and that's a pretty short drive from the studio here and it's nice but i've also gotten to a point in time now where i've done it so many times i'm like god i must have driven on this parkway and I've lived in this town since I was born. So I must, I, I think if I had to add up the numbers, I've probably a driven lot. the parkway 200,000 times, 300. I'm trying to think of like what a rational number would be. And add more yeah. because it's like you take the parkway more often than you just have to get somewhere. Like, especially at Young Grace, you're just driving up down the parkway because you're driving and there's nothing that's going true. on. It's you're like, walking up and down yeah, the parkway yeah. pre internet because that's what kids would do pre internet. Oh, I remember taking a bike from my house to East Utica. I like walking in a big pack <laughs> with like 19 kids. That was our big. Yeah. That's what we did before the internet, kids. We would just walk around in packs looking for stuff to do. We were a lot more <laughs> bored. <laughs> uh, Devin and Brianna are here. Uh, I have to say, I don't. I didn't look to see what number of time this was for you guys. Got to be getting on three or. Four. I think it's three. three or four. Yeah, it's our three. I came once Third with time. Ryan, but I tried not to talk too much. Which you did pretty well. You did your best. I can't not shut up the whole time. So <laughs> Ryan's a good talker, okay. though. Too. He, he's. Yeah. Uh, it, but it's a pleasure to have you guys back. Um, now, just for folks who want to know, the last time you were here was episode 183. This Ooh. is episode 201. I can't do the math. And oh, so it's not 18 math. episodes. 18 episodes, which is about about four months, I think. Four, eight, 10, 11, 16. Yeah, about four and a half yeah. months since you guys have been on the show. Uh, last time you were here was Christmas Eve. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, it was Well, that was when we released the show. I don't know if that's when you guys came in. It was right at the end of the year. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was very close. Uh, but from my perspective, what it feels like watching from the outside, for the last four and a half months, what I've sort of seen is the stand-up stuff that you guys have been doing blowing up mm-hmm. all over the place on Twitter and on social media and every time I drive by there. You guys are still kicking with the improv, and you seem to be sort of reaching out and working with a lot of other organizations that are doing improv. Am I? How wrong am I, and how close is that to what it feels like the last four months have been? No, that is true. We um, The difference between the last time we were here and now is that we um, opened the lobby, which oh, nice. opened us up to being able to use that um, as a performance space hmm. and do some different stuff, because before we only really had the studio, which is the classroom, and it's yeah. it's just limited. It's small, it's great, it's mm-hmm. cozy, but You're it's... really nice. By the way, I, I was lucky enough to get a chance to sort of walk through that with uh, with just Devin one night, uh, when it was me and Kevin, and you guys had the, the party there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really, you guys did a really, really nice job. It's very clean. It's And I, I, don't, I don't mean clean like you washed it. It's got a really nice, clean design to it, and it really, it feels nice in there. Yeah, it's a lot cozier, and I mean, we switched out the carpet, and um, <laughs> we... It's a lot I less mean, purple than it used to be in the lobby anyway. <laughs> and well, and we did clean it, too, so... But, <laughs> we physically cleaned it, yeah. <laughs> we did physically, but we also just, like, eliminated some clutter, and, you know, the it's a beautiful room, but you couldn't tell because the colors were all wrong. Like, nothing complemented any of it, so just switching up the colors, people are noticing... Like, there's a gold frieze along the whole top of mm-hmm. the lobby. And people are like, is that new? Which, first of all, why would we put that in? <laughs> yeah, <we> secondly, <laughs> like, it's not. You just didn't really notice it before because nothing was helping it stand out. Well, I think what's nice about that building and a lot of, like, the older style design places is you don't have to do too much because the design is very of its time. It's very interesting yeah. on its own. So you don't have to, like hide it with crazy yeah. colors or crazy designs because right. it is nuanced You should do the opposite. Yeah. You should just let it speak for itself. Mm. So toning it down helped and just made it look like a better... Mm. It's somehow more classic and more modern. Mm. It's the same It's the same space, but we went from like purple and battleship gray to, yeah. to variations of white and black, which aren't white and black. They're tones of stuff. We had the guys from JK come in with their color wheel. They, they pulled specific colors from the yeah. from the tile floor to make sure everything matched yeah. but it's a really it's a clean classic kind of black and gold and white look now mm-hmm. that, that makes it that just yeah. kind of uh a because it's white opens the space up a lot more uh and just kind of makes it look a little bit more classy uh, i just want to ask too because I, I was thinking about this last time i came down to visit you it was a wednesday night and uh we hung out for a little bit it was before yes. the stand up and i ended up chatting up with uh Two folks who I think are regulars down there, who I, I can't remember their names. They were talking about they were wanting to start a podcast, and they were oh, probably the Fish Brothers. It, it might have been yeah, they were brothers. So that yep, makes that was a lot the Fishes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and we were sort of dealing with some other stuff on our own end, so we kind of had to bug out yeah. pretty quickly, and we can talk about that later. Uh, but what I was shocked about was just sort of the the whole feel of the whole thing. There was people in the onion sort of getting ready for improv, sort of talking about it, and the interaction between people who are getting excited to do the stand up, and there was business meeting going on in the uptown and it, it just felt nice like it all of a sudden i was sort of like yeah i can i can feel what's happening yeah here. what can you guys put into words a little bit like what did that come out of nowhere did it feel like it built up slowly or did it, all of a sudden did you look around and like huh people are people are here now um it was kind of sudden only in that i think people were ex- ready to go like as soon as we yeah. could give them a reason uh, interesting uh, uh, both right so like yeah. we we've um 
We've been in there for the past however many months now, six or eight teaching improv, yeah. which is was been has been going great. You know, in June we had our first class. Our level one improv class is now a level four improv class, and we've got all the levels b- below that filled in, mm-hmm. right? So we're filling them in. So that's kind of the thing that's been going on its own and uh, making its own progress, but it's not kind of something that people outside can see. Right. Very soon, these people that have been doing improv for almost a year now, uh, we had a big meeting last week, a uh, theater meeting about uh, kind of having that, at least the studio space open mm. uh as much as it can be during the week, you know, from usually I'm there from nine till nine, but there are so many students now who, who want to come back and just use the space when I'm not there to a couple kick around writing ideas or work on their stand up or just have a place to hang out during the day. So we're really trying to expand it so it, it can be a place, uh, just a gathering place for the, you know, our, our, not only our students and members, but all the creative people from the area to just kind of stop in and, and work out some ideas which has been really cool, but but and I think the thing that really turned the corner from us and right. Ryan was in here. We we he started our stand up program. We did a um, our first stand up class. We had about a dozen students. Mm-hmm. Who at the end of two months, uh, we had a stand up showcase in the lobby. Brought in about 125 people to watch 10 people, 10 local comedians yeah. who before had most of them never been on stage, mm-hmm. and they came in and, and blew it down. So. Um, I feel like we're really turning a corner now yeah. from where we started and we're trying to build a community to where now we have a, we have a really engaged core group of you know 20 or 30 people. And every time we do another class, more and more latching on. Mm. Um, well, what I've noticed, I think, on at least from my perspective, a lot of the folks I've seen on our sort of mutual Twitter, Facebook sphere, uh, and I'll specifically quote uh, my good friend Mel Kinney. Uh, she made it quote a bit here how comedy is better than therapy. And yes. Like, a lot of these folks sort of talking about the tangible benefits. We've talked about about improv in the past. That improv is sort of practice for real life interaction. Mm-hmm. But stand-up comedy in a weird way is sort of like an open form of like public therapy in a yeah. weird way for a lot of folks. It's funny. Oren, who runs uh, yeah. uh, Domenico's, I, I ran into him at Green Onion. And he was like, I just got this interview with Dave Chappelle talking mm-hmm. about how like uh, for him, stand-up is like therapy. Oh, yeah. And he's like, I love that idea. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's what we're pitching here. And more than any feedback I think we've had from our classes, mm. the the kind of theme that keeps coming back and back is <laughs> this is more effective and cheaper than my therapy. Oh, yeah. And I have more fun doing it. Well, you know, I've, I've talked a lot with people who've done stand-up in the past in my own personal life on this podcast all over the place because I've been fascinated with stand-up since I was a kid. Uh, and I think that as a musician, what always scared me about it was the difference of, if I was a musician, I could always hide behind the guitar, right? You got a guitar in front of you, a little music, play a solo, I can lean farther away from the mm-hmm. microphone. But that that nakedness, that sort of raw vulnerability that exists, it's like a lightning rod. It's like a nerve ending. And it's it's very visceral and in the moment. And that is something that I feel like is, um, is you don't get to flex that muscle in your life otherwise very right. often, yeah. right? Like the, I don't know if you have you done any stand up that you're on? I feel like no, you. Uh, I'm I feel not. Like, I feel like uh, Devin would want you to, right? Has he tried to convince you to? He hasn't. Really. But. But what? You you said in a couple improv drop ins, which yeah. we're doing on Tuesday night at eight o'clock. Yeah. Now. Oh yes, that's but right. Also, You've been yeah. Up? So I like trying to join in on improv. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not scary. You just kind of go with it. Right, yeah. You're reacting to other people. You're working right. the team. I get why people yeah. find it 
potentially nerve-wracking sure. or intimidating. I don't... It's not, in my opinion. And, and, it's it's is, just fun. It's just like playing around. This is a conversation... Stand-up, I still find it A conversation I've had this week, in fact. Like, you bring out music, and, like, I have always um, wanted to... Been interested in stand-up and wanted to do it and been intimidated, right? Because you have to... Much like a guitar, you have to stand up there and, and say, this is material I've thought about, I've worked on, yeah. I think is Molded, funny, yeah. and now I think you're going to think it's funny. And that, to me, as an improviser, standing up on stage with nothing and making it up is much easier. Because if you don't like it, it's like, well, yeah, asshole, I just made it up. If you don't <laughs> want, if you don't like it, come up and you try it. Yeah. Right? With stand-up, I feel like the idea in my mind is that you want to come up with bullet points. That's probably not the case. You almost want to be honed down to the letter and the T in the way that you sort of yeah, present yourself. So. Not just the letter and the T, but the, I mean, word choice yeah. kind of diction. Beats, yeah. diction. It's it's really great, and I'm not a stand up, and I'm trying to learn. But to see the, there was already an existing body of stand ups here in Utica, like uh, uh, Brendan McGurk, Phil Canarelli, yeah. Gordon Clues. These are guys who uh, uh, who are working on their comedy every week, and it's, um, yeah, it's down to the second and yeah. the word choice, and they're really polishing their stuff, which is great to see. Uh, and that's and Wednesday is, is your stand up open mic at the moment. That's eight to ten. Eight to ten. So it's nice. it's free for students and members. It's it's uh, five bucks in the jar if you want to show up. Uh, otherwise, but it's um, we've got people who are working on polished sets to people who have never been up before. But mm. it's uh, what we keep hearing is this very supportive room. Um, we're getting at least twenty five people a week. Sometimes as many as mm. you know thirty five forty people coming from Syracuse and Albany yeah. and Binghamton to work on their sets. So it's really become our most uh, action-packed night, kind of. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. That's great. Uh, I have a couple less performance and more technical-based questions oh. for you guys. Okay. Uh, on February 26th, I think, was when I saw about it. Uh, correct me and if I'm wrong here. Did you guys get an anonymous donor who donated money to you guys? You did. That's amazing. Yes. So yes. You had no idea that was coming. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know it was coming. Yeah. We, uh, we do know who it is, but they, they did ask to remain anonymous. So, oh, yeah. So, so but it's not like there was just, like, a, it didn't just come in a the mail. Money, a big bag a with big the money bag symbol with on money. it. No. <laughs> it was, it, and it was, you know, through um, Devin's careful development of that relationship. Sure. And by that, she means sitting and drinking at the Green Onion Pub. Yeah. Very smart. But Always still, a good you know, that's, that's, how, that's how fundraising, that's how big money fundraising, you know, sure. has to happen. You have to, like, convince mm. people. So it was an effort. And, and what's oh, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. I was just say that, and that's where the tension in our relationship comes. Where she's like, "Oh, you're drinking out of the green onion again." I'm like, "Listen, this could be another ten thousand dollar night, baby. We don't know. <laughs> it's an odds game, right? It's true. <laughs> I gotta make that money. I gotta go somewhere. No, I. Uh, it's it's crazy though. It just I think it speaks to you know what you guys have sort of built and the way that you guys have been able to like use your connections and use the people you know and like lean on the folks who believe in what you guys are doing and again i think it speak i've talked about this before utica is a strange community mm-hmm. um in the way that it's tough to start things in utica sometimes yes. but people will support something that you've started right it was it's tough to start a container park but once you have a container park and you if they think it's it, going to succeed yeah people people do like to do right. things around here and if they feel that it's worthwhile and that it, they want to be involved people will support stuff yeah. around and, here and, very easily and that's what we have on our side that maybe yeah. the container park doesn't right which i think is a wonderful idea but like mm-hmm. 
there aren't people going back to, you know, everyone, almost everyone who's alive in Utica now yeah. has had the opportunity to go to the Uptown and have a memory for exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas, like, not everyone's been to that well, lot or, you know. I mean, that was a big, com- that a big part of the conversation initially, and, and Justin's in the green room, he could probably say it too, was explaining to people what a container yeah. park was. Yeah. And, right. and why it would be beneficial for you to be involved in this project right. without having to show them a video of a working model of it for them to understand. So right. for us it's been a little tricky like trying to explain our vision and how a nonprofit works mm-hmm. and kind of how we're going to attack it and what it's going to be big picture other than just a movie theater. Mm-hmm. But people know the Uptown and people yeah. for years have been I wish the Uptown's back. So now it's yeah. it's kind of um it's 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 got a built-in kind of community yeah. support base. Yeah, well, I would say this thing that happens because we have, as Devin was saying, we have like nostalgia on our side, which makes right. people kind of root for us because like they they're up for whoever and whatever is gonna keep the building no, in existence. So we've got that going, and then but it also is sometimes problematic because people just want it to be like open and running the way they always saw it and so like yeah. we'll have like anytime we're doing an event and you know we're we're doing more and more and we're really we've got a lot of different stuff going on and people will be coming in and as they're taking their seats mm-hmm. for that event you know we'll get at least a couple of people who are asking me like so when are you going to be open and like doing movies again and we're kind of like but this yeah. thing that you're doing right now is kind of what we have going right now <laughs> like, we're, we're trying I know we probably talked about it the yeah. first time you were here but like was the original idea ever really to be a movie theater like was that ever really the plan or was it let's see what sort of comes out of everything right i mean it's, I mean? it's like, to be some of everything including movies and to bring something new because I, I have to be honest yeah. in hindsight I, I don't know if this was ever the conversation we had initially yeah. but yeah. now looking at things the way they're going now and the way things are operating i can't imagine that the idea ever would have been to make this a movie theater you know what i mean like it just no, doesn't no. seem this seems like it's hit something and it's connected with people in a way that you almost have to go with the fact that people are into it. Yeah. Right. The yeah. original intent was always that the organization would would um, resurrect the Uptown but also bring something new in terms of programming and exactly. like a community group. And I think that it's just, you know, obviously you, you lead with or it made more sense for people to grasp onto like, oh, good, you're going to reopen the Uptown. And now just... Because of the way it goes and how, you know, slow the fundraising process is and everything like that to restore the building, like, people have been forced to kind of see the other side of it. Because we're like, no, no, all this other stuff that we're doing now, this was all part of it. This is the slow but steady drumbeat. (laughs) And, you know, and and not to wax too nostalgic here, again, I I grew up on Ballantyne Bray. This was, you know, I lived in South Utica when... You know, across the street was the the toy shop and the hobby shop and mm-hmm. the pizza place was the building that you guys I guess is the imp- is the Balkan now like whatever the Balkan the pizza was pizza pad was pizza pad and then Franco's after that and yep. like it always this was an area with a lot of stuff going on Captain, Captain Trips, Captain Trips right. yeah. you know like like the, mean, the Almond Brothers yeah. and Government Mule and all these yeah. other bands played on that block yeah. and I do say and I think that's part of it too and it feeds into the mm-hmm. nostalgia thing you're talking about when I drive home on a Tuesday night and I see people in the theater it does make me think yeah I can see it makes sense you can almost visualize like this area and what it could be if people were more interested in bringing cool snappy things to this area like it felt like it was 15, 20 years ago. And, and that's the vision more than anything, yeah. right? And, and it's always going to be a movie theater. We're always going to show movies. Right. The question is, what movies are we going to show and why? Yeah. Right? Like, we're not going to necessarily be playing... 
new stuff. Yeah. yeah Not that we won't be playing new stuff, but but stuff that speaks to our um, kind of point of view and and sure. our um, I mean, independent movies are certainly something that are hard to get to around here. I can't imagine that any like movie theater now that's not like an AMC or some big giant movie theater could ever really like. Cause no. If you want to, like, how much would it cost you if you were like, hey, we want to premiere Endgame here on Sunday, Avengers Endgame? It probably cost you more money than you'd ever make back, right? Right. It's right. no. Yeah, I don't know what the the numbers are yeah, on that, but like, it's not really a sustainable. Yeah. Exactly. Business model. And it's very limiting because there's so much more that people are also asking for. Right. Besides movies, that if we were just like, no, we're only doing movies and we're not doing comedy and, you know, plays and everything else that people want. I mean, for me and Utica stuff, we did the damn pop-up movies for four summers in a row now. And yeah. really, and it... And it was successful, and it wasn't successful sometimes based on almost solely what movies you chose, right? Like, it's, it's 100%. Even a free movie, people were like, nah, I might not come see Space Jam. Movies are a hard like, game. It's a hard game, yeah. but as, especially as a solo game, but as a part of another, you know, it's a, a pinwheel of other big things, it certainly yeah. can fill in one spot. I just have a quick side question for you before I want to move on to something else, but... Okay. Uh, I know you guys are always talking about expansion stuff, and it started off with the improv and expanded into doing more stand-up comedy... Uh, is there a next target you'd like to reach out for in terms of some other skill or technique? You ever thought like musical theater, writing, something like along those lines? Yes. Yes. So one of the things is already happening, um, though neither Devin or I spearhead it, so sure. we're not the experts. But So Laura Savaggio is on our board and also heads up the theater program at Utica College. Oh, um, sure. So she um, started up the plan to start doing some more like live Theater. So, Live theater, yeah. Right, so... Which we are now calling... Uptown Stage. Uptown Stage. Oh, nice. We have our, there, own, mm. their own little separate, and they're they're part of us, but I'm not always the best advocate for it, because I can't, and I can't really take credit for sure. it, really, other than helping market it. But it's, they're they're part of our team, but we, um, so they, they did Prisoner of Second Avenue, the Neil mm-hmm. Simon play. Yeah, um, it's uh, Mike, uh, Matt Burke, or Mike, Mike Burke, I know the, one of the actors over, he's been on he the was, show before. He was not in it. He wasn't in it. I take it back then. No, he was in a uh, Players One. Yes. The players One. Oh, okay. Uh, I see. Right. So, um, and we did um, Doubt before that. Right. And so, and they are also responsible for doing the, um, you know, we tried to do some cabaret performances nice. as well. And you do um, another one in May? We're doing May 4th. It's nice. all uh, Gershwin. And oh, Gershwin. Yeah, so that's May 4th. So that's good for just coming out and listening to some, um, you know, solo performance artists. And then, um, in the end of June, there we're doing the first um, musical. So it's oh, nice. the Trail to Oregon, which is a, <laughs> um, a comedy musical based on the Oregon Trail. Excellent. Um, and <laughs> I haven't I haven't watched it, although I guess it's pretty easy to find. But I yeah. because I end up working at the event, I like to just sort of oh yeah watch it, <laughs> you know, and not already know what's going to happen. So that's what's happening. And actually the Auditions for it are taking place this Sunday and Monday evening. Oh, nice! So, um, so get on an audition. We're trying. Yeah, get out and audition. It's open to the community. Yeah. We, we want more people to get involved. So come out and audition. Be yeah, in our place. Don't don't be scared. You do have to be able to sing, I guess. When I was uh, <laughs> when I was living in New York, uh, one of the common things you would see, and especially these off Broadway shows, uh, you would see musical comedy versions of something you are already familiar with. Sure. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Back right. to the Future. I actually went to the Back to the Future one because a friend of mine was in it. And sometimes, I gotta say, I had low expectations for the musical comedy mm-hmm. version of Back to the Future. It was so much funnier than it had any right to be. 
I just couldn't handle it. Maybe I was a few beers deep. That's neither here nor there. Uh, but I think that this is a pretty common thing to see, though. Like, take existing material that people already have some connection to mm -hmm. and sort of turn it on its head. You can get a lot of people to get in that way. Right? And, and in fact... That was uh, the thinking, I think. That's the thinking. Yeah. And it's funny you should mention that. We've actually... I've got a buddy uh, in L.A. who is uh, on my very first improv team at Improv oh, nice. Olympic and is right now at Second City in Hollywood for the past almost a year now, I think, has been the lead in... Trump in Space, the improvised musical, which is a um, musical uh, set in the Star Trek world nice. on the Starship California, uh, where it's it's um, it's it's putting uh, you know today's political climate space force. In, yeah, essentially, yes. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. It. So Scott's actually I was I was in LA a couple weeks ago. Scott's going to come to Utica and wants to teach a class on um, adapting existing canon for stage shows. Mm. So Scott also does uh, uh, improvised uh, uh, kind of uh, Deep Space Nine oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and all these different things. He's done improvised Doctor Who. So Scott's going to come do an, a, a workshop on how to you know, adapt an existing thing. And, and these are the things we're starting to talk about in terms of bringing in new teachers. We're offering new classes soon. Mm. We are, yeah. We're trying to figure out how to schedule our summer it, well, as a guy who works in education, and I spent the last like six weeks trying to schedule our stuff, it, net, scheduling is the worst thing on the planet. Trying to, yeah. try, it's trying to get coordinated. Yeah, it's stuff. trying to get it's coordinated and figure out how to stack things in during the night, and then also oh, yeah. we're trying to you know find and develop things with other instructors, which means that you also are beholden to their schedules, but also their timeline for when they're ready to commit to something. So it sure. just becomes a little bit of a. But we'll get it out there soon. I want to come back to something yeah. that I thought was really smart that you guys did. You're talking about the uptown stage thing, and you said that there's sort of a part of your thing, but sort of exists on its own merit. Like it runs, it does it work on itself, but it's sort of part of what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, Devin and I can't do everything, um, and Laura is on our team. I mean, sure. she's on well, our that's, board, that's so they're not I mean. even like, an outside. It's I mean, us. Yeah. I put this show on, even though I work for Made in Utica. Justin doesn't call me on Monday right. and be like, "Where's the show?" It's just. He knows that I work for the team and that we do our own thing. Exactly. And uh, I was sort of thinking about that as I was looking. Who runs the Uptown Improv um, Twitter? I do. You do. You did a really nice job of sort of keeping voices for each of the things uh, singular. You have a really nice... Thank you. And that's that's what we're trying to do now is as is, is we've kind of... Uh, it started as one thing, but now we're trying to kind of uh, separate the, the kind of brands, right? Imp uh, well, yeah. Uh, Uptown Improv Company from UTCA <laughs> so that every time UTCA wants to talk about a grant or some of the you know the things yeah, we're doing UTCA on the... UTCA still has to be serious. That's be a, some right. serious work right. exactly. to do. So that's the non-profit, <laughs> yeah. but, but Uptown Improv Company is now... Um, and we started our own YouTube page and we're starting Honestly, to do... Um, that's good, though. It's sort of like... I hate to keep coming back to the Avengers thing, but you want to sort of build that yes. like Utica, uh, the, uh, Utica uh, cinematic universe. Yes, you want absolutely. to build like all these things where it's all interconnected and people are sort of reaching across the different things to get a little piece of everything, right? Yeah. That's what you'd like to see inevitably, I feel and, like. And across all boundaries, right? Yeah. yeah. So we have Uptown Improv Company now. We've got Uptown Stage. We're talking about uh, building a, a podcast booth so people can come in and, and run out, you know, a sound booth and... Uh, you know, launching our own, and 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 even now that we've got the the weekly open mic, one of the things mm. we've been doing, which has started off very small and very silly, mm. but it's been like five or six people who want to stick around open, after open mic, and we've been just going live to Facebook Live and doing an improvised 
open mic after show and breaking down the open mic and it's very kind of silly smart. and tongue in cheek but it's kind of catching on each week That's we get good. a new bit and it's the kind of thing where now people want to write and we're building into a kind of thing where we're, we're starting to build it up and it's 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 taking on its own I feel like that's it feels like a sports thing like a pre, like a the post game presser. It's yeah. Like, what did you? Yeah. <laughs> it's, t- it's talking dead. Right? The towel over my neck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like let's get Talk all. So we turn the, we pull out a, ch- a chair and a couch and it's like get all the comics <laughs> up and it's like so your set wasn't very good this week what happened and it's just, yeah. you know and it's um uh, oh, so we're trying to put up the form even before there's a uh, a kind of real meat on the bones but but I think that's what's going to allow yeah. us to build out. I think something I've, I've observed as a um, comedy scene tag along for all of my <laughs> it's a good, years it's a good is. Title. <laughs> Um, is that there's just always an... I think everyone is, like, looking for an opportunity to just keep playing around, you know? Like, there'll be, like, you know, writer's rooms and shows, and then even when they're, like, breaking for lunch, they just start doing a bit, and it's like, don't you ever just, like, stop? They're just... There's always... And for, like, people like that, they don't. Right, and that's the thing. So it's like, you know, they come to their thing, and then after, they want to, like, mess around and make up things and sketches. and relatively... It's a relatively contemporary feeling, though. Like, I think that we look around and, like, a lot of people are stressed out and a lot of people... Yeah. And I don't mean just, like, a political thing. Right? I mean, like, people are tired and broke and don't have money and, like, are stressed out by the world that's around them. I think them, especially... Family, whatever it is, yeah. I think... Our they, generation, yeah. you know, like... Yeah, we take it hard. <laughs> I, had a 16, I had a 16-year-old kid in my level one class yeah. who just started waxing poetical on... On capitalism and how he's it's breaking him and all of us down. Kid's sixteen, right? And he's like, "What do I do? We're all just here to make money." And it's just like it, that has so True. seeped into us at such an early level now. And and it's the yeah. kind of thing I think about, where it's like back in the day, I would just sit around, I'd blow off a whole day and just be happy that like I was happy for a minute. But now every minute that I'm not producing Dude, or I, trying to forward something, we we have this set in. Uh, psychosis now where if we're, we're not all at all points using every minute of the day to be trying to earn more money oh, dude, yeah. that's that's the, the that's my, one of my big signs i've gotten older like if i play video games now for more than three hours i have to assess if this is a sign that i'm depressed like i'm like i used to play video games every second of my life i thought it was great now if i play it for more than three hours i'm like god what am i doing with my life i gotta this is like three hours. I, I should, should be, be earning. I should be cleaning the house and taking care of the cat or anything. It could make money. I could sell something. Anything, right? But I think that that's just a sign of the times where everyone feels like they're chasing it. Feels like we, well, we like are, man. It. We I, I feel like, and this is one of the things I'm pissed off about. We've been robbed of the simple joys, right? Like yeah. our parents got to. My dad worked for the state. He would go from yeah. eight in the morning till till four or five, and then come home, not think about his work all day till the next day, and he's still getting paid half his salary 20 years after he, he retired. It's uh, it's something that I talk a lot with parents about when they, you know, especially kids in high school, you know, in for our generation growing up, I think the question was, like, parents were always on you, teachers on you, what are you going to do with life? What do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with your life? Now the question has sort of become... What five things do you want to do with your life? Because the one thing you want to do with your life probably isn't going to be enough to, like, help you, like, afford a stable living. You're going to have to do a lot of different things. And, Brad, I know you're working, like, two different – you're working two jobs. You're doing the Uptown thing. I think you're also working, like, another job. Are you not? You yeah. Don't have, you don't have to talk about that if you want. But I just no, mean, I like – Yeah. 
I just mean like you you you're back on the two job grind. Like that's not easy for a lot of people, but that's sort of where we I'll tell you what else out too. She's on the three job grind right now. <laughs> like to be re- respect. Like let's put it out there, right? Like Bria's working. She's working not paid, probably more hours than I am at UTCA. Yeah. The two of us are running this thing. She's working a full time job at um, Hamilton College doing marketing. Mm-hmm. She's writing at least two or three days a week on freelance writing assignments that yeah. come in because they pay a great hourly rate. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing the same thing. I'm working at, at the Uptown. You know, at least 40 or 50 hours a week. I'm doing, um, I'm, I'm teaching at Utica College. I, I have my own side business where I'm writing freelance. I am, um, I've got another, it's just like between the four of us, we've got eight jobs and, and it's it's still like, what more can we do to... Do you, do you feel like you leave time for yourselves to be like contented? No, no, (laughs) no, not at all. Really. There isn't. No, it's not, it's not possible. I mean, we, we make time to make sure we're paying attention to our children. Certainly right. (laughs) But then that, but that's not also like, that's important time, but it's still not time for just me to like shut down. You still have to be very on. I mean, I'm, there isn't time. You probably feel the same way. Well, like even when I do sit like down, you, you know I mean? yeah, but I that, sit down and I'm like, get up. <laughs> yeah, do something else, right? Yeah. But that's the biggest thing I'm up against. You know, like is is just having that. Like today, today I got yesterday. I got ten minutes early to Oscar to pick him up from school, and I just shut down the car and I just sat there with my eyes closed for five minutes and breathe. And I was yeah. just like, fuck, this is all I re-. like. There's just no downtime from the time I get up to the time you'll you'll laugh at me. You want to know what I was doing? At, you guys came over, for full disclosure, they're taping this about 6 o'clock on a Wednesday. Uh, I was working until 5.15 when I just dropped off all the kids. Do you know what the kids were doing today at 4.30? They were dissecting cow eyes in a science lab. That's what I was watching at 4.30 when I was trying to prep for this interview. I'm like, God, i got to write down some... Cow. What is this? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I forgot about dissecting stuff. This is so yeah. weird. But like, even like my school kids are overwhelmed. Yeah, too many programs, too much homework, too many people who want to pull them like in different directions. We have a joke around here. It's just like everybody wants a piece of the kid, and that's what it feels like all the time. Like I feel like every if you want to make something for yourself, you still give up a part of yourself because everyone's going to pull you in a million different directions. Yeah, yeah. and it, I pulled you guys in a direction plan to coming here to do this interview, so I appreciate that you guys Couldn't showed. Be more happy. <laughs> We're happy to see you. Uh, I. We're getting almost toward the time that I know you said you had to run out by about yeah. seven. Yeah, but I can come back and, well, and whatever. I want to. I want to hit a couple things. Much of our list anyway. That's true. I do want to get a couple quick. Was there any other updates for any upcoming events? I know you guys want to talk a little bit about Story Engine. I said uh, you said you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, but what are the other things we have coming up at the Uptown? Okay. Oh, the Uptown girls you're talking about was a little bit. That was in June. Yeah. So 1st. this is everything happening. Oh, I made right. notes. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> As he yells from the other kids. Full disclosure. I made notes. Great. I, I love it. Professional. Go ahead, wife. Under control. So, um, okay. So we have, as I mentioned, auditions for Trail to Oregon Sunday and Monday evening at the Uptown. Wonderful. And then I'll have to send that out on Twitter because this won't come out until Monday. Probably. Great. But yeah. Oh, okay. That's all right. That's I'll promote it anyway. Whatever. Okay. Yes, if you want to. So, um, and then we have a cabaret May fourth, mm-hmm. um, and then Memorial Day weekend May twenty fourth and twenty fifth. This is exciting. We have um, sort of a weekend residency with the Armory, which is an improv theater um, based in New York, um, run by Leah Evans, who is a Utican who yep. is excited Utican to come back. Uh-huh. GFOP Leah Evans. May I have her come on when she's down? Oh, you, sh- you absolutely oh, should. I should have her idea. She's a yeah. I know yeah. her pretty well. Yeah. So they're idea. coming by. They are going to do like a sort of. 
class, I don't know, there's not a plan yet with the student, like the current improv students, mm-hmm. just like some time to sort of like play together. But then um, both nights they're going to do an improv show. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And then they are they have this original show, which is really cool, and I can't wait to watch it. It's called Shot for Shot, and it's mm. um, an improvised like reenactment of a movie. Oh, yeah. Or a TV show. Um, it. Which like no one prepares really. Oh, they yeah. cobble together costumes. They mm. just like make it work. Um, and so, I don't know if you voted, but you can vote on which ones they're going to do. Take a look. It's on their website or on their It's on, on, their our, face, on website. our website. There's a post about it. Beautiful. You can, you can Beautiful. vote for on our one of on, on our Facebook. Facebook. There's about uh, six or eight options to choose from. Yeah, and they're gonna do they're gonna do a different one Friday and Saturday, um, and so we'll know quite soon which ones, so that we can start promoting. So that'll be, I think, a really different, interesting show, and it's good to have another group of improvisers up here. Um, So that'll be a really good weekend. And then the following weekend, June first, Uptown Girls. It's a drag show fundraiser. Um, So. Very nice. Some, I'm into that for sure. Too. Some, <laughs> some good, some good performers coming up, um, and then the end of June is the Trail to Oregon. So that's everything that we have currently scheduled. And this is all on the website. Yes. Which is wtcany.org. It's U-T-C-A-N-Y. I, did I say that again? I screwed it up. I wrote it down right, too. I'm an you, give the w, you give the radio W. W-U-T-C-A-N-Y. W-U-T-C-A-N-Y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Which I kind of like. U-T-C-A-N-Y. Let's go there. And you guys are obviously very active on Twitter and Facebook as well, so people can go on there and find you. I know Instagram. I'm getting better Instagram stories. You know, I just talked about this with Joe Marino last week. Or is either Joe Marino last week or the week before with, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I think I, oh, Michelle Truitt. I definitely have gotten to a place where I've hit a wall with social media. Yeah, I, I think that I, yeah, I've Facebook. I can do for the business, like I do it to promote the podcast, and Twitter. I'm active on during like sporting events and podcast week, but I forget Instagram exists sometimes. And by the time I get back to it, I'm like, ah, right. I haven't posted in two months. Now it feels I, weird to I like, like Instagram the most. That's what most people actually say to me. When I they like talk it about the most media. because you, and I think the way you're supposed to use it now is to treat your main posts like blog posts so you have like an image and yes. then like a really really long yeah. caption that's mm-hmm. not a caption anymore it's like an update in your story or yeah. whatever you're doing and then you have to use the story as like up to the minute but i think what's so yeah. exhausting and is doing marketing both for this and professionally too it's like you have to treat each each platform has its own set of like best practices. Yes. So you're not just being like, oh, let's make let's put the thing on a I'll you know let's make this thing and put it on Twitter and it's, you have to have a separate tactical approach for three different things mm-hmm. plus what you're doing in emails plus what you're putting on your plus website. Plus three different we picture sizes, list. different picture size. Yes. Yeah. You know, Format. It, it becomes it becomes a full time job just trying to take yeah. one. Post today and put it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'll, I'll like what I like to do is we have a drop-in class. I'll take a couple pictures. Uh, I'll get home at ten. I try to do a post about it. It's midnight by the time I get posts up on on three different sites. Yeah, and then it's also like updating our website, sending on our mailing list, and then like sometimes people say like oh you, you know, like people complain to me like oh you don't update your calendar on your website enough i'm like can you check all the other things because like i'm <laughs> yeah. trying the key i, I <laughs> wish like, there, so much there's got to be a way to like 
to make it all into there probably there is. probably is I just I'm, it's like woof from the office it is like woof from the office <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> you just like that. need a reverse woof <laughs> where you're just like put it and just people put it everywhere and format it I love that the office has become the new Simpsons in the way that it's like a cultural touch point where it's like oh yeah that episode that one office episode <laughs> now I wish Parks and Rec was getting there too I think Parks and Rec is like a step below in terms of how people... you think so too I liked it I always I, liked it more and I then, like it more yeah. but I think from a cultural like from people recognizing it, I think right. It's easier, yeah. yeah. But now I like The Office more. Every the Office is more of a, it was more opinion. of a uh, <laughs> slice of life thing, though, right? Where it's easier to identify. People on Parks and Rec were a little bit more accentuated, a little bit. Cre- the Office it's, is like I've worked with each one of those six people. Weirdly, kind of. Parks and Rec is is less. Office is darker. It's weirdly darker like oh, it yeah. in certain now. places oh, than Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec, yeah. Maiden Utica's Justin Parkinson will nod his head in the green room. His problem with Parks and Rec is he thinks it ends too cleanly. The whole thing is like too very much like wrapped up in a bow. Everyone's happy in the end, and like the Office has a little bit more nuance. Like even you know like Kevin is like tending bar at the end of the Office because Dwight fires him, right? Like there's some. It doesn't all work out peaches and roses. Well, forever. especially if you like, watch the original Office, it oh, was yeah. the British opening. That was the point. Was it's like not to the get mundane. too not to get too far off track. If you watch Ricky Gervais's new show Afterlife, I haven't, but it's everyone keeps telling me I need to go watch. All right, it's really? on top of my list. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I didn't know what to do with him after a while. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that one. That's why I stood like off. I was a big fan, and then I was just we were huge fans. My mom <sighs> told me to watch it. My mom is not. This doesn't seem like something that she would like. So I'm now mm. more curious. Than I initially was like, wait, why aren't you watching? <laughs> we have to check it out. Yeah, I'm but curious. he is also he is one that is kind of. Uh, Worn on me a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, speaking of which, uh, I don't want to go too much longer. We're already gone about 40 minutes. I know it's pretty good. To go? Hey, don't you gotta get? Yeah, yeah, I'll go in a minute. Let's say into this. We got question. we got a couple of lightning round questions yeah, really quickly. Okay. Um, I just gotta ask. Uh, quick parent corner before we get into it. You have two boys, yes? Is there? Mm-hmm. Are they into these Avengers movies? Are you guys gonna get dragged into going to see this yes. movie at some point in time? Yes, actually. Are you into it or are you sort of over it now? Do you not care about these Marvel movies at all? Because I have a feeling that this movie, if it isn't the biggest movie of all time, will be considered kind of a disappointment, right? For people, uh, here's the thing: I think it's gonna be. And from it, what I've I heard, so like people be. are like, it's a like magnum opus. But yeah. here, here's the thing: like I, I was never. It's it's funny coming from me. I was a huge comic book nerd yeah, growing up, and we like for years was like, why don't they make this all into movies? And when they first started doing it, I wasn't super into them. Yeah, right. Um, the original X Men movies. I think Iron okay. Man did a lot for everybody. Iron Man's where it yeah. turned around, but the the idea they came up with to take this these characters and make this world where with Iron Man one every movie builds on the last one and they're all interconnected. Really stunning. In it. Like, that's one of the things I want yeah. to do with the Uptown is watch all the Marvel movies in order over a weekend, <laughs> right? mind, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like but but the up. stuff they've built into it and this, uh, um, just just from a filmmaking aspect, like, no one's ever undertaken a project like this before, oh, yeah, right? Where, like, sure. however many 20-something movies all climax in one movie. Oh, yeah. Like, just for that, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, speaking of which, let's get to the lightning round questions. And this is a tough question for you guys. I'll get you guys to debate it for a second. Mm. If they were going to make a movie about you guys and your life, who would who would you guys want to play you? Hmm. I could see like a little bit of a Anna Kendrick, Seth Rogen thing going on here. Hmm. It's just my opinion. You're, Seth you're, Rogen would be good. You're scrunching your face like you don't like Anna. Like Anna I do like her. That doesn't seem correct though. <laughs> who would you? Who would you? You're, you're going to be self-deprecating about this. I feel like she's though. a uh, what's her name? Oh, the British one, Emily Blunt. No. Which one? Um, 
The one from Neighbors. The one that Seth Rogen's is married to a neighbor. Oh, Rose, Bur- oh, Rose, Rose Byrne. Rose Yeah. More of a Rose Byrne. I see, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I can see it. Wrong. I can see it. Yeah. You'd be a Charlize Theron type. She's very serious. Oh, yeah. I would want Channing Tatum to play me. Channing Tatum. I would think every, like, here's the thing, like, as a, just a regular sort of white dude, like, you could get, like, 19,000 actors to play me, and they'd be like, yeah, it's close enough. Yeah, Take you get a chubby guy with a beard and glasses, <laughs> yeah. and, like, anybody yeah. would buy it. That's fine. It's it's all good. I want, like, Winona Ryder. Ooh, Ooh yeah. From what? the 90s, but it's probably more accurate if it's, like, Stranger Things, because I feel like I'm just that unraveled I mean, these days. I feel like... In that case, I want Everlast to play me. <laughs> if we're picking somebody, I guess it would be Sam Rockwell for me, because I'm Ooh, a big Sam oh, Rockwell yeah. guy. I'm, I'm a big mark for him in pretty much everything Moon, he does. Moon? Uh, okay, I love you. Uh, what is your favorite <laughs> fast food item of all time? Favorite mm. fast food items of all time. You guys live in the West Coast, so if this is an In-N-Out thing, I'm going to be really annoyed. It's not. <laughs> um, I like um, Taco Bell bean burritos. Taco Bell is still probably my number one, honestly, like, at the end of the day. like uh-huh. If I had to pick a fast food, I'm going to Taco Bell. The Whopper. The Whopper, like a straight Whopper, a like straight original Whopper. Burger. Listen, don't come at like I love In and Out. Don't come at me with that. A Whopper is In and Out overrated? No, no, it's not. So it is as good it's as everyone. Not overrated. No, it's fantastic. Yeah, it, if they came here, I would eat it every day. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's fair. It's fair. It's good to know because I, I was always curious. It's like one of the things about the West Coast. That I'm like, mm. the the French fries are not good unless you get them animal style and they put a bunch of stuff on them and then they're delicious. The secret menu is really the fun part. That's that's what I've heard about that. You have to like know all the tricks and tips. Yeah, because the only thing on the menu is like cheeseburger or hamburger. Animal style. They just put cheese and grilled onions. Is that what it is? It's cheese and grilled onions. It's grilled onions, cheese, and special sauce. Which is just Thousand Island dressing. But yeah. Sure. French fries. You just put that on everything. Uh, What's a movie that you guys always stop and watch if you're flipping through on TV? Oh, That's not um, even a thing that people do anymore, I suppose, flip through television. I think it is. I mean, I still do. They do. I um, I stop on You've Got Mail. You've Got Mail? Uh, wow. Never Been that. Kissed. Never Been Kissed is I stop on a lot. <laughs> so, just, like, I don't know. It's just, they're not, like, my favorite. They're just always on, and I always stop and watch them. You know what movie's kind of <laughs> that wheelhouse that I got into a couple weeks ago that huh. I forgot about was 10 Things I Hate About You. That movie oh, is yeah. still great. Still I think that's, that like, awesome. I mean, Brady is one of the best. Rom- I'll tell you a movie that every time it's on... You would not think I would watch it. I will watch it to the end, no matter what point it's on when I get it. Hmm. Coyote Ugly. Coyote Ugly? Yep. Really? Yes. I firm stand. <laughs> I don't think it's a good movie. You just watch it. On I just, I cannot <laughs> not watch it's it. Not when it comes they're out. good. They're just on. No, but like there's like cute girls that dance on a bar and Piper Parabo and there's that cute Australian guy. Like it's just, I, I, and John, I can't not watch Coyote Ugly if it comes on. Spending time in New York City, I remember walking by there's a coyote ugly there and i was like hey like the movie and the dude and someone i was with was like it's not like the movie it's gross <laughs> and i was like oh, oh that's kind of a downer yeah. <laughs> uh, i'll give you guys one last one to close out on okay. uh because i know we've gone longer than i planned to uh give me one book album movie or show that you guys are currently reading listening to or watching Ooh. separately or together that's fine i don't know if you guys watch the same stuff book doesn't have to be one of each, one of any of those. Book, album, movie, or show that you guys are listening, reading to, or watching. Well, we just watched a few episodes of What We Do in the Shadows. Which is oh, oh, the series. The yes. Series. Did you like it? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Have you seen the movie? Okay, so I it's one of those things that's on my Amazon Prime list, and every time I go on, I'm like, I'm going to watch this movie tonight, and then I don't watch it. Sam, it's maybe my favorite movie yeah. in the last ten years. Mm. It's 
it's that's that uh, good. That's Tycho Tycho Watiti, the guy. Yes, the guy from and Thor. Jermaine Clement. Yeah. And uh, from Play the Concord. Yeah. Yes, so and uh, Reese Darby's in the movie. Uh-huh. And they are not in the show, but they're they not in the show. Are part of like they write and direct the show still, so it's still of the same minds, but they're not in it. So we watched that. That was good. Watch that. Huge, still huge. Good face. Uh, good place fans. Mm. Brooklyn Nine Nine. We're huge fans of. That's something my sister in Chicago has yeah. been yelling at me to start getting on to because I have not. I don't have Hulu. I guess is my my yeah. MO on that. I need to get Hulu. We but. just got the cord. Yeah. Well, we oh, didn't yeah. cut the cord, but we got the other things. We have both now. So now you, you oh added God. more cords. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I screwed this up. I added because I didn't want to have cable anymore because I was like, we don't really watch this ever. So I got the Hulu that also has live TV. Yeah. Which is more expensive, but still less than cable. And you still get all the other Hulu library, which we we're paying for Hulu anyway for all the other stuff. So anyway, we just bought Stars for nine dollars yeah. a month because Oscar needs to see Godzilla movies and see the place you can get. Oh, yeah. dude, so we I'm have a... all these streaming services anyway. So I was like, I'll just get the Hulu like live thing. So I did, but then we've had it for like three months, and I haven't canceled cable because every time I start to, and I'm like on hold, I'm like I don't really have time for this, and so now we just have. All, yep. Everything. Yep. Yep. Barry, we just started season two of Barry. I'm holding off because I want to get a couple episodes in so I can stream it because I'm a huge uh, Bill Hader mark. We watched, you told us last time to watch, um, what was that HBO show about all the people Oh, Succession. Money? Yeah, that was you really guys good. Like so we good. watched it all. So yeah. what's we crazy about Succession, really I'm so glad you guys said this because I don't think anybody I've requested to watch this show has actually no, watched it. we did, like it. right okay. away. I told people... <laughs> I was like, you gotta get through those first couple episodes because it's a lot of like world building in the first two episodes. And usually when people tell me like the first four episodes aren't good, I'm like, okay, then no, thank you. No, but it, I but I did anyway. But there was a point in time in that show, and it's almost it's the sequence where he's going to the meeting and he gets stuck in the car and he's like the the son who looks like Don oh, yeah. Jr. Yeah, yeah. He's like going to the meeting to like shut down his dad, Brian Cox, and he gets stuck in that whole episode. I remember watching, like holding my breath, I'm like, what is gonna happen? Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm in on this show. Just like that. I'm in. Uh, I don't have anything new to give you. I just started watching that Our Planet series on Netflix, mm-hmm. which is like the new uh, Planet Earth. And I'll tell you, it's great, but man, they let you know that we are screwing this world up. They oh, yeah. really mm-hmm. lean into letting you know about how bad we're screwing up the animals and the planet, and it's a real downer. <laughs> great good one. I feel like every time you come on here, I'm like, oh, I wish I had said that thing we were actually anything. just watching. I mean, there's a new season of Queer Eye, which is just pure. It's all over the place. Pen 15 on Hulu, I really liked. Heather's been watching that on the show. She said she really likes it. I really like that. I officially don't like it. You don't like it? No. She gave up. Here's the thing thing for me retiring to Utica, which is a thing, where (laughs) I got, like, we started watching him, and about seven episodes in, the first title card up is, like, flashes by me, directed by Andrew DeYoung. And for seven episodes, I was like, hold on a second. Andrew DeYoung was on my first improv team. So it's like, <laughs> holy shit! Like, Andy just directed, like, half that series. It's just one of those things that, like, we're gonna, like, you don't expect to see, but, like, your little buddy who was just, like, a, a guy now is, like, the director of Pen15. Which my, is penis, if spelled no, out, yeah. My guy like that is I have a friend out there. Shout out to my buddy Lee Zarek. Lee Zarek was an actor in New York. He was friends with my sister. They went to college together. And then years later, I was watching Boardwalk Empire. I think it was the season three premiere. And he is a thief who robs Nucky Thompson's like uh, like safe house with all his booze. Mm. And then he gets shot by, uh, I think it was like Michael Pitt or somebody. Yeah. I was like, I remember watching, because I was in on the show at the time. And I didn't know he was going to be on the show. I was sitting there, I'm like, oh, oh shit, Lee just got killed by Steve Buscemi. Oh my God, this is so <laughs> awesome. crazy. Uh Again, we almost went 15 minutes. Not surprising. Great. You guys always stay longer than uh, I mean to have you on, but that's why I love having you guys We're on. That's why you guys have been here. so much. 
Listen, I, I love what you guys are doing. Uh, I felt I felt genuinely heartbroken when I found out that your birthday party was the same night as my sister's birthday party. <laughs> I, I should you like me, like Justin and I like, realized it later on. We we're like, oh, we are the worst friends. Terrible friends. I'm so sorry. Don't worry. I'll, hopefully I'll keep aging. We'll do it again. No, I hope so too. Uh, and again, uh, where can people go to check out all the info? It's uh, U-T-C-A-N-Y at dot org, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All of it. We're on all the things. All of it. You guys are the best. I love having you guys on. Thanks. Thank you for coming. Come by the uptown. I'm going to come by. No, I'm gonna, I, I swear to God, I say this all the time. I'm real close to the end of grad school. I'm, I'm good. Done. I got student teaching coming up in the next couple of months. I will be a bigger part going forward. I just need to start pulling my shit. Great. Together. We're going to do some. We want to have an uptown uh, summer festival this summer. Yeah. We're talking about some really fun things. So we can't wait for you in on yeah, those we do. Always a pleasure, folks. We'll be back to the show in just a moment. Thanks, Sam. This time, you know, uh, all right. So, thank you once again, Devin and Brianna. Uh, go to uh, utcany.org or follow them on Twitter at utcany. Um, kick them a few dollars, Yo, donate to them, donate to the cause. I yeah, had a couple yeah. friends a couple actually dollars. who went um, to the Green Onion and then randomly walked into one of their comedy shows and said they had a great time. Uh, I, they didn't even know about it, they had no idea. Mm-hmm. They're not from the area. They checked out the Onion and then they said they went into a comedy show next door. Uh, you know, we just talked about it in the interview, obviously, for people who listen to it, but you guys didn't hear this. We talked a lot about, like, now that this has started working and all the stand-up stuff and the improv stuff mm-hmm. and the writing and all this sort of community, like, building up, it seems silly to think that this is ever just going to be a movie theater. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, now it seems it like this was... Be. It can never be. This never is what be. it feels like it should have been, yeah. right? Now that it's working and... It, it just... It seems really cool what they're building down there, and I'm happy to promote anything they're doing down there right sure. now, so... All right, let's get into this week's uh, history lessons. Uh, before we do, I'm actually going to start with a YouTube uh, subscription uh, suggestion. I found something on uh, on YouTube this week that it was presented to me on a soccer podcast, weirdly enough. It was called British Pathé, uh, P-A-T-H-E. And it's just a collection of, like, newsreel footage from the, like, from the 19... 19- 30s all the way through like the 1970s and 80s of all sorts of stuff like World War II stuff, sports stuff, like weird, crazy outlier stuff, fashion stuff, pop stars. It's engrossing. I watched like two hours of it yesterday. Just it's all that old timey commentary to mm-hmm. anything because newsreels all kind of sounded the same back then. It's I lost a couple hours into it. Kev, you, you sat there and I was forced you to watch a couple. What did you think of British Pathé? I subscribed. I've been a subscriber. Really? To I didn't oh, know yeah. that. Oh, I, I saw. I noticed when, you, when that you guys were watching this, I was going to talk about it because when I saw it, you guys were watching the soccer and I saw the logo in the corner that they put on all their videos. And I was going to tell you after you guys have been watching like the old like historical soccer matches from like the forties or whatever. Yeah, really cool. Um, <laughs> just like clips. I mean, they're all they're like five minute videos. It's not that serious, but I saw the logo and I was going to tell you that you should dig deeper into that channel. Oh yeah, they've got a lot of amazing like. A lot of, like, footage of the people walking in the city streets in, like, New York City in, like, 1915. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, Just yeah. different, like, like street footage or different, you know, all that kind of stuff. And if you're into 
history and getting like you know a real look at stuff that you know you've never seen before that's it cool. is definitely useful definitely. if you're into it you know yeah. if you think that we're nerds cool. you know don't watch it watch whatever else you like but i like it i found it to be i just thought it was crazy to see how much footage they actually have mm-hmm. of everything like it's wild how much footage there really is out there even in the times before cameras were as readily available as just being in everyone's mm-hmm. pocket all the time pretty wild yeah all right, let's move on uh, to this week's history lessons. Now that we're all primed for it. On this week, 1989, the Nintendo Game Boy debuts to the public. Uh, the Nintendo Game Boy was an 8-bit handheld game console developed and manufactured by Nintendo. It was released on April 21st, 1989, uh, and then three months later, it was released in Europe. Uh, it combined features of the Nintendo Home Entertainment System and its old Game & Watch hardware, which Game & Watch was like, do you remember when we were kids... You'd see like those little ty- Tiger Electronic yes, video games like where it's just like the little beep pop. It was barely a video mm-hmm. game. It looked like a watch. Yeah, like a soccer mm-hmm. one. Yeah, yeah. That's sort of what Game & Watch looked like. Um, it's a uh, console featured dull green graphics, which is what it's most famous for, I would imagine. Uh, five button controllers, two voice speakers, uh, and it used little cartridges that you could change in and out, which was kind of a big, be- a big mm-hmm. deal back then. Uh, at launch, it sold as a standalone unit, or it came bundled with one of two different games. Can you guys guess either of the two games? Tetris. Tetris is one. Uh, Super Mario Land 2. Super Mario Land 1. Uh, oh, two. there you go. <laughs> so there, those are the two games. That was good, though. You guys were right on that. Did you have a Game Boy? I had one. It was really ubiquitous, I would say. For, like, <laughs> if you grew up in a certain era, like, I think every kid sort of had... It was really, It was really cool to have when you were a kid. Before, it's hard to... <laughs> it's hard to put into words what it would have been like now because it seems so quaint. But yeah, I played with it constantly. And we didn't have the light backlight on it yet because the first yeah. one didn't have that one, so you couldn't play yeah. it like in your mm-hmm. room with the lights off or anything. You had to buy that big stupid <laughs> attachment that went over the top. Which I didn't get, so. <laughs> well, I didn't have it either, but like rich kids had it. They right? Did. You did. Yeah, you the did. magnifying screen and all that. And I had the thing where you could connect your Game yes. Boy to somebody else's Game Boy and play them in games. Ah. Yeah, yeah. It was like there's literally just a cord that hooks into the bottom, mm-hmm. and you could play like Tetris, and I want to say maybe like Mortal Kombat or something. Yeah, there was yes, Perhaps. Mortal Kombat on Game Boy. I remember that. It was rough mm-hmm. to look at. It was hard to look at. <laughs> Not then. It was great. Well, back then. Now you look at it, it's like it's all yeah. jumbled up. Uh, but despite being technically inferior to its fourth generation counterpart, the Sega Game Gear, the Atari Lynx, and the NEC Turbo Express, uh, it received praise for its battery life and durability. Uh, it quickly outsold its competition, selling 1 million units in the U.S. within four weeks. Sold an estimated 118 million units worldwide and is one of the most recognizable devices of the 80s and 90s. Uh, it ran into production until 2001, which is kind of crazy. Wow. And overall, there are various like breakdowns. There's like a color version, but they're all basically the same hardware. Um, it is the number three best-selling video game system of all time. I believe it. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you guys guess the two systems that sold more They're than this one? Or just an no, all like systems come. Mm-hmm. No, Nintendo oh. did not sell that many. Uh, there's no PlayStation. <laughs> PlayStation Two is the number one best-selling video game system of all time. <laughs> yeah, because they had a DVD player, and we've talked about this in the past. Mm-hmm. In two thousand, in the year two thousand, getting a DVD player in your video game system was a huge deal. The other one I never would have got. Something called the Nintendo DS, which oh, came yeah. out. Oh, yeah. I oh, forgot yeah. about yeah. that. DS Colossal. Yep. Yeah, I guess I didn't yep. know. Uh, after that, uh, number four was the original PlayStation in 1994. Uh, the Wii from Nintendo in 2006. The Sony PlayStation 4 is the highest-selling current generation system that's sold 
94 million units, which seems kind of crazy to me. Even now, like, the video games are such a big like business. Xbox was on there? I feel like I heard about why, that album. Why is that crazy to you that they're... They're bigger now than they've ever been. Yeah, I know. It just because growing up, I feel like video games were so dismissed all the time as like this frivolous bullshit that no yeah, one. Yeah, because now other things have. Exceeded. Yeah, but those people yeah. are in nursing homes, and now the kids yeah. who are playing video games are the adults. Oh yeah, I mean, I just, I'm not saying that I thought video games would be gone. I'm just surprised that it became such a so culturally like ubiquitous everywhere. I always thought it would be somewhat. Like niche, it wouldn't be as big as like movies or TV in that yeah, way. It's I'm, an interesting take. I'm just surprised. I know I never expected it as like a guy who grew up playing Nintendo that something so quaint would evolve into something so I consuming. I, I think maybe that. it's different for me because as a guy who grew up not really playing many video games at yeah. all and looking in a bit more from the outside, it seemed inevitable. Because hmm. I watched it take over and I watched all of a sudden, I'm like, oh damn, this person. Oh, and this person plays games too, and this person. Like it seemed like this was inevitable and it's only going further in this direction. <laughs> That's fair. It's funny. Um, let me see here. Let's, uh, let's move on. We'll move on to the next one. Uh, so on this day, 1992, the 208th and final episode of The Cosby Show uh, aired on NBC. Uh, Yikes. Yeah. It's been... Well, here, uh, we'll start Yikes. off... It's we'll, a good show, too. Well, we'll talk about, like, what happened at the end in a second, but let's go just about some core facts about the show. It spent five consecutive seasons as the number one rated show on television, uh, it was one of only two sitcoms ever to do that. The other one was All in the Family, which itself is another kind of kind of show. Um, spent all eight of its seasons in the top 20, which is pretty impressive. Uh, it uh, TV Guide called it the biggest hit of the 80s and almost single-handedly revived the sitcom genre uh, uh, and TV NBC's ratings fortunes. This one didn't age well. Uh, TV Guide also ranked him the number one greatest television dad, which seems kind of so weird. <laughs> it seems weird now in hindsight. <laughs> Uh, reruns of the Cosby Show uh, have been pulled from several networks and uh, venues as a result of his uh, ventu- uh, Cosby's eventual conviction for sexual assault. Uh, in November 2014, TV Land pulled it. The last TV station to air it in the United States is TV One, which I've never heard of. Oh, I've just heard of TV One. Yeah, that's the only place you can watch reruns starting in May of 27. Uh, Bounce TV, which we get with our weird cable package that you connect, that you it's can not just, a cable package. It's a stripped wire that hangs near the window, <laughs> and you press the ditch. Yeah, you can get Bounce, and that used to air it up until April 26th of last year. So that was the only place you could see it. Otherwise, I mean, I'm not clamoring to go watch the Cosby Show or anything now. Uh, I think though, the key point of that is he really was one of the most like culturally important people in America for such a long time, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. man. How the, how the mighty fall, right? Don't be a jerk. Don't do bad things, and maybe bad things won't happen to you. I don't know. Life lesson in there somewhere. All right, let's move on. Uh, on this day, 1997, 42 million people watched Ellen DeGeneres publicly declare she was gay on ABC. I was actually one of them. My mom really liked that show at the mm-hmm. time. I didn't remember this, though. Did you guys... So the episode was called The Puppy Episode, and it made you know it was like a huge show. It won a primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Comedy Writing. She won a GLAAD Award for this. ABC, after that episode, renewed the series for another season, but they also put a parental advisory warning before every episode, Mm -hmm. which DeGeneres strongly criticized, uh, saying, uh, this is her quote, it was like this voice, uh, like you're entering some kind of center for a radiation center. It was very offensive. You didn't know it was going to affect ratings, and then she said it was uh, hypocritical, because the Drew Carey show and Spin City had both featured examples of men kissing each other with like laugh tracks with no 
like parental advisory warning and she thought there was a double standard. It didn't last much longer. The show didn't they, last they much longer than that. Yeah, it canceled that for the fifth season. Um, I mean, she weirdly has become even more famous now that she's on the second show, the Ellen sort of mm-hmm. talk show. I feel like sort of gave her like, she was doing tons of stuff before this too, but like now she's culturally relevant even like in another generation now oh, yeah, too, which is sure. really impressive. She is a host of the Academy Awards, Grammys, Primetime Emmys. She has won 30 Emmys and 20 People's Choice Awards, which is more than any other person. In 2016, she received the Presidential uh, Medal of Freedom. I did not watch her Netflix special that came out. I heard it was only did. okay. Did you like it? It was okay. I was. It was supposed to be a comedy show, and sometimes it got serious. I think she was just kind of using yeah, her platform for sure. what she could, but um, I would rather see more comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and on this day, 2008, the animated series The Simpsons surpassed Gunsmoke uh, as the highest episode count television show of all time uh, at 659 episodes. Uh, is Simpsons the most important television show of all time? No. No. You'd say no. Nobody on that one? All right. Nope. Uh, it's been announced that it will be renewed for another two seasons <laughs> after this, 31 and 32. <laughs> which is... Which is... It really... It, it makes you want. It's probably. It'll definitely go down as the longest running like television show if you don't count like the WWE stuff, which claims it's the longest running episodic yeah. program of all time. Or well, if you, I mean, if you, a lot of daytime shows. Daytime shows. For Fifty yeah. or sixty years yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. Generally, has been on since the beginning. Before of time. we were born. One, yeah. two, three, four. Five. There are five. So I found a list of the top twelve shows, like the longest running television shows in terms of episode count. Uh, there are five that are still current. Simpsons is number one. Gunsmoke is number two. The original Law and Order is number three. Number four is Law and Order SVU, which is still on. That's yeah, the highest that. SVU. <laughs> I don't know SVU is, you know what? SVU pops up on TV a lot, and I, I get why people love it. I don't. It's an odd. It's just very it's odd. It's a weird. I love SVU. I know. I love. I will make a disclaimer. I love SVU uh, back when they still had all the cast. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then you got it. I need Benson and Stabler. Yep. Yeah. If I don't have Benson <laughs> and Stabler, I've got nothing. I'd prefer either Casey Novak or Alexandra Cabot as the assistant district attorney, but I gotta have Benson and Stabler. I just. I don't dislike anything about it. I just. I. I don't know what it is about it. It's a very singular type of television experience. That's. That's all. I can say about it. I can't think of another show that I watch that really encapsulates that kind of emotion. Yeah, it's what do you mean? It kind of leaves you afterwards like, oh. Yeah, it's (laughs) it's so procedural in a way that like other shows just choose not to be. The way it moves through a case so quickly. Like the whole whole Law and Order series has been like this. Well I think I don't watch the Law and Orders because they're all inferior, I think, but um (laughs) Wow. Is what it is. SVU Truth. But, so the it. thing, I mean, SVU Truth. <laughs> but I think the thing that's interesting about SVU um, is at episodes will wrap up differently. There's some episodes yeah. where where it's awful and mm-hmm. something bad happens and it ends bad and you don't get that happy ending. Then there's yes. other times that justice carries through. Yeah. Then there's other times where like it's gray areas where it kind of leaves you with questions yeah. about like you know mm-hmm. morality and where your ethics lie. And not a lot of shows do that. They don't really get the full credit for that. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think. Because they don't really tell a narrative arc the way, like, oh, episode two talks about what happened in episode one and episode yeah. three, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, that's for you. Some of the other... So here's the last ones. I'll run through them real quick. Uh, Lassie, which ended in a long time ago. Here's a picture of a dog running. Here's another <laughs> shot of a dog running. That was always a downer when it would show up on Nick, Nickelodeon. Yeah, like, Lassie, no, when it, no, like, yeah, when it was, like, daytime, like, mm-hmm. all those weird daytime shows. Like, yeah, kids, Flipper like, and Lassie. Flipper. Yeah. Flipper Mr. Ed. Garbage. Yeah, Flipper. Mr. Bachelor's Ed was good. <laughs> Mr. Ed was funny. No one. Sorry. 
I was going to sing the whole Flipper song. I know it. I weirdly know it. I'll let you know. In no planet do I let that go off. (laughs) Um, Lassie. uh, And then Family Guy, weirdly, is like... Gone forever, too. Yeah. Another one that's been shockingly... 17 seasons now. NCIS is another really highly... NCIS feels like... And I've never watched a moment Mm -hmm. of NCIS that I'm aware of. It seems like they're just copying Law and Order and trying to do that, but like at a lesser degree. Kind of. They're copying like CSI. CSI. Mm-hmm. CSI is also on this list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy, which has had a weird... Um, Grey's Anatomy's been on for a very long time. And they've yeah. like changed their whole entire cast. They've lost a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, they've only got like a handful of the original people. It's got a weird like afterlife on like streaming. Like a lot of my students in school like yeah, yeah. it for some reason. It's very dramatic. A lot of it's people watch it on stream. A lot of people yeah. watch it like, yeah. Uh, all right, uh, and then CSI, e- uh, ER, the Jack Benny program, and American Dad was the last one, number 12, which, I mean, good for them for getting as many episodes of that show out as he did. Seth MacFarlane making money, good for him, I suppose. Uh, all right, I have two mailbag questions from other blogs. Uh, these probably won't take very long. I can't imagine these will inspire a lot of debate. Let's see what happens. Question number one, is Back to the Future a sci-fi movie? Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, I felt like that was... Yeah. I guess the argument was like... I saw that on whatever, on whatever and... trash cast thing. I saw that out somewhere. I don't remember... Yeah, I don't remember... We probably picked it up from the same place, but I saw it. I'm like, how is that a question? Yeah, it seemed odd that, yeah, Of like, course it is. It can be a sci-fi movie with elements of other stuff in it, but the premise of going back in time it's in sci-fi? it... Yeah, in what, car, what, what would be the argument what, against I, it? I'd yeah. like to see the person. Yeah, is there an argument against why it's a sci-fi movie? Of course movie? it's a sci-fi yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought that was an odd question, so too. Somebody asked me, oh, is, you know, uh, is Anchorman really a comedy? Yeah, it's comedy. Yes. I mean, what the hell question is that? <laughs> and, okay, so, movie. Get your head? And here's the other one. Am I crazy for setting up my living room with two TVs, or are you crazy for not having done this? Just having two TVs, I can watch all these things at the same time has been a revelation. Uh, I only bring... Here you go. Here you go. Let's hear it, Sam. Yeah, so I want to hear it. In the Let's past, hear it, Sam. Talk to him about it. Talk to him about dual screen tech. Yeah, dual screen tech. Uh, dual screen tech is the name of when I decide there are two events that require to be on at the same time streaming. Usually this happens during a, a wrestling pay-per-view that coalesces with some sort of sports final, right? Like, I can't... Like, if the NBA Finals co-align with a WWE pay-per-view, I will get two televisions and put them next to each other and stream them next to each other with one having the volume on and one not having the volume on. So I understand where this guy's coming from, being excited about, like, he's revolutionized the world by watching two TVs at once. I, uh, there's a limit to this. You can only do it for, like... It kind of hurts your head okay. to pay attention to two things at once, especially on two like big screen TVs. I feel like I have a hard time with it as I've done it more and more. Uh, Kev, what are your thoughts on when I've brought out the two the dual screen tech? Um, I mean, you are out of control, especially yes. when Justin is a bad influence. Yes, and, of course. You know, getting gassed on like watching like we got to watch all nine soccer games right yes. now. Yes, well, that's gonna um, happen in a couple weeks. So I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't mind it. So I rarely. I can't think of two of anything that I care enough about to watch on two screens. <laughs> okay. Like genuinely, like, even if it's like, oh, well, here's game two of the world. So, okay, who cares? It's game two, right. You know what I mean? Um, and even then, like maybe if it was like WrestleMania and game seven of the Yankees in the World Series, then I gotcha. You know what I mean? Right. I see that to some degree. But that question was not bringing out a TV and setting up. That question was having two TVs set up 
permanently. That's your permanent yeah. setup, yeah. which is terrible. That's insane. It's just no. I don't. Yeah, it's it's dumb. All this, it's all horrible. Too much stimulation. I wouldn't be able. It would drive me bonkers. Let's get your picture in picture. They've had that on like every TV for picture in picture seems like a scam though. Picture too. in picture is for sure a scam. Like I feel like even that like. It's a smaller picture mm-hmm. of something else. Am I paying attention to that one? Like what? You can flip back. You can go back and forth. I feel like that didn't work as easy exactly. as they just, wanted. Just make a choice. Make a choice. Be, Be an adult and make a choice. Um, I mean, that's where we we could sort of end it right there. I was going to talk about Jeopardy very quickly, about this guy with the Jeopardy winning streak. We had talked mm-hmm. about it on the podcast a couple weeks ago as the guy who had uh, broken the Jeopardy single-day win total. As of right now, he is on a 15-day win streak. Uh, Justin Parkinson... Came over one day and made us watch an episode because he was in on it. Okay, we watched the whole thing. What did you think of this guy? His name is James Holitzer. He's... Um, I did not watch the whole thing. You did not watch it? No, I left. I watched most I of it. I don't remember exactly what I did or where I went, but I definitely didn't watch it. I heard he was weird. Yeah, he seems to be he weird. Is, he He... Okay, so he's a professional Las Vegas sports better, right? So right off the bat, you can tell that his mind probably works in weird ways. He's probably kind of like... Uh, game in the system. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. game in the system. It's, it was actually really fascinating. Uh, it's just, it seemed, nothing about it was, like, insane. All he really did was, like, I'm taking the bottom numbers right off the bat. Thousands. I'm never starting with, he didn't, he bucked general Jeopardy tradition the whole time, which is, you start with the low numbers, mm-hmm. the easy questions, and then you work your way back I up. I thought you said he was taking the bottom numbers. Well, that's, like, traditional Jeopardy method would be you said start. That's what he's doing. What is he doing? He starts by getting the biggest numbers first. So he takes the top. Top, top numbers. Top. Right, 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 right. The, the highest value numbers first. I've always first. thought that's what people should be doing. Why that's, are people not doing that? So his... Yeah, his idea he's is he's, he's thinking about it like gambling, right? Like, I need to have a bank of money so that I can start with to wor- work from. Like, if I'm going to lose mm. some money, i got to have some to have before I lose yeah, it. Yeah. And then the other idea is he just goes to hunt for the daily doubles. Because the daily doubles, gen- there's like an algorithm to where the daily doubles tend to be on the board. They're very rarely in the top row, like the lowest value numbers. They're very rarely on the bottom row, the highest value numbers. So once he gets that big lump of getting all the high value numbers in the bottom, then he just starts hunting for daily doubles, and then he can get out like twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars ahead of everybody else, and the game's over in three minutes. It's actually really fascinating and also kind of boring and kind of like sad to watch these people like not understand how to stop it. It's also like it's the Golden State Warriors thing where it's like, yeah, we're gonna take threes because a three pointer is worth more than a two pointer. Yeah. Why are you not like you should be yes. you should be going after the largest available number on the board mm-hmm. at all times. No one is going to be able to beat him unless they start doing what he's doing to him. Someone's going to have to do it to him. Right? I hope nobody ever beats him. Mm-hmm. I hope that it he leads goes on. They should have him and Ken Jennings just play one on one. They should have Ken Jennings be the host when Trebek is gone. Yeah, oh. someone did you say that when we were watching? I that's did. a good idea. I think that's a good that's a good call. Uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, check out this Jeopardy guy if you get a chance. It's definitely worth looking at. I also read a really good article on uh, 538 about it, which really got me even more invested in this weird uh, Jeopardy deep dive I've been on for a week. So, thanks, you folks, for joining us this week. Uh, that was episode 201. Heather is here. She's the best. Thank you. You can hang out longer than normal <laughs> if you want to. the Avengers. Yeah, but if you want to, like, hide from your child who just wants to grow and love you. grocery um, shopping. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to go shopping today, too, and I didn't know. Uh, 
Kevin, you can follow him on Twitter as well at underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow Heather at Heather Waz one Follow me at SF Doom. Or just follow the show at Uticast. Uh, Uticast. We are on SoundCloud, Facebook, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts, taking over the web. Uh, we are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. Cyanar, humanoids, keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, Avengers Endgame, whatever it takes. I can't wait to see what happens to my dude Thanos. Who's going to live or die, Kev? Captain America or, or Tony Stark? Uh... I think they're both gonna die. No, I don't want to. You don't think so? (laughs) One of them, both of them, who knows? All of them. Who knows? Somebody. Rocket Raccoon, he's gonna get killed by Thanos. That's my hot prediction. (laughs) 